are listening to the Barbara May Show, the place where we discuss all that really matters. We will cover all you need to know about lifestyle, health, spirituality, and plus so much more. Are you ready? Let's dive in. You are listening to episode 40 with Sarah Sticklin. I have asked Sarah to come on. She has been on my previous podcast before. She is incredibly powerful medium, a wonderful healer, and just such a beautiful soul. I love her so much. And I am so excited to share this episode with you because Sarah is sharing many information on how we can connect to those ones who are no longer here. So on this episode, we are going to be talking about life. We're going to be talking about death. We're going to be talking about Ouija boards, we're going to talk about ghosts, we're going to talk about science, and Sarah also going to share her personal experiences on how she has been connecting to spirit and those ones who crossed over. So I'm going to stop talking right now and let's dive in. Hi Sarah, welcome to my podcast. My first question for you is what are you grateful for? Hi. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Wow. It's so funny you asked this because I have this nightly ritual going right now where I answer these journal questions to help me just unwind from the day. And one of them is always, what are you grateful for? And when I answer that question every night, I'm like my bed. (laughs) I'm so grateful (laughs) to be in my bed. (laughs) Um, But I think this morning I'm such a person like when this question is asked to me, I'm like, in the moment, what am I grateful for? And right now it's like my hot tea that is filling me up and brings me so much joy. I think in the big scheme of the world though, I think the supportive network I've created for myself and the community I continue to build for myself and safe spaces. I love a good safe space as far as being able to talk to people about interests or hold conversations that are difficult I've not always had safe spaces to do this, as I'm sure many of us have not. And now that I have them and I've gotten better at cultivating them, I love a good safe space to talk. Love it. Thank you so much. And I love that you mentioned um, like living right in a moment, like you talked about the bed, you know, like so many people just forget that half of our lives we spend in our bed. I'm so grateful for my bed. I just love my pillow. (laughs) And people don't say that, don't they? We just go like, well, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my house. But how about the fact that you are grateful that you can sit down now on your ass? Exactly. I'm and like, have a conversation. No, 100%. I'm like this pillow behind my back, feeling very grateful for it. On today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about how do we contact um, the departed ones, the people who crossed over and are no longer with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about the mediumship. So you are incredible medium and I love all the work you do. I know you for, I don't know how many years now. And yeah, so I have been recently asked by a few people, how do we get in contact with those loved ones who crossed over? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, th- I think it's when everyone has at some point in their lives, even if not now, you feel curious to that. There's going to be a point in your life where someone you know passes away and someone you love transitions on and you're going to ask this question. It's it's a great one to ask and it's important. I think before you even dive into how do I connect, we need to start with something bigger of do you even believe they're here to connect with you? Because if you don't believe it's possible to hear signs from them or 
that they're still with you in this other dimension or existence, it doesn't matter what sign I teach. Like it, it doesn't matter all the tricks and tools I show you because ultimately you have to be open to receiving it and believing in it. So I think the first place to start is look at your belief system. Like what happens after we die? Do you feel that is the end? Because then when I tell you, you need to meditate, it's not going to go over very well. It's going to be like wall after wall. And I'm going to be trying to pull teeth the whole time. I would say, in my opinion, death is just an illusion. Okay. It's so difficult for people to, to kind of accept that, isn't it? It really is. And it's, it's not necessarily a conversation that's welcomed in our society. I mean, death alone is very taboo. And then when we bring in the term of like, oh, it's an illusion, like it's, it's not even real. That doesn't tend to go over well with people. Justin Baldoni, he is a writer and a director and an actor. He practices the Baha faith. And I hope I'm not misquoting him here, but the essence of a talk I heard from him the other day was explaining that within this, his faith, they have this view that death is just as sacred and a part of life as birth itself. So when we're in the womb, for example, we have everything we need and everything is dark and we know nothing except like our experience in the womb. And we can't imagine like life outside of it, nor would we want it. When we are finally born, there is so much light and everything is new and different, but then you adjust to life and you're like, how could it, how could I have ever gone back to what I thought I knew? they consider death to be similar. So we're currently like in their eyes in another womb and we think we have everything we need here and it's all we know to be true. But then when we, when we die and transition, once again, there's light and it's a new birth of sorts. So once again, we'll be born into something totally different or return to something according to some people. Um, I think it varies, but I, I find it to be a beautiful analogy. If, it, if it's hard to wrap your head around like the concept of something after death, well, at one point we were in the womb and we didn't think there was anything like after that point. And yet here we are wondering how we ever you know, could have stayed there forever. It's a very nice way of explaining it. And, and it's very nice why be able to accept it it's a very acceptable approach you know the way the way how you said that I personally don't understand and I'm thinking about this all the time why are those walls between between those worlds so thick and obviously for you they aren't because you are able to connect um, with the departed ones but why are we so isolated in a world of living and why are we so isolated in a world of death it's not really death isn't it it's like it's a new life new way of living does it make sense I think one is we have to function as humans so like before I start shitting like on the human on the human um psyche we all do have to function and exist and if the walls and veils were super thin we wouldn't be functioning like we'd have people just like staring into the space into the distance like not doing things that we need to do, like feed ourselves and clothe ourselves or hygiene, whatever it is. To me, some of us wouldn't be in a space we can handle that. And because we're still working on surviving at some spots, I don't think it would be supportive or good. And then I think the other reason is how we were raised and who was raised before us. And, you know, way back when, depending on like our family's culture, 
I'm sure there were, there were definitely different traditions that were taught about death and the veils, but like, at least within my family system now growing up when I was like two or three, no one said, okay, Sarah, like this is purple and this is blue. And also like your grandma can connect with you who's passed on. And like, she's still with you. Like no one was having these conversations about anything outside of the physical. In some extent, it's like our parents, like what did our parents teach us? And they didn't. And then what did their parents teach them? And you keep tracing it back to somewhere in the line, it got disrupted or some other group came in and started teaching a new way. Um, I think there's like a huge historical piece here, but I think that isolation comes also because at least like within the United States, there's very much this capitalistic patriarchal society and it doesn't, it doesn't have room for the veil. Like it doesn't want to hear us connecting to this deeper essence of ourselves. Like it's not interested in that. It's interested in money and power and control. And these kind of principles only alleviate our need to buy things, only alleviate the need to believe in the illusion of like success or money or wealth or accomplishment, like all those things that are constructs. Spirituality and connecting to those who have passed away, like it's not going to feed into that system that so desperately needs us to feel like we're not enough and that we are alone and we are isolated and there isn't anything outside of ourselves. I think when it comes to spirituality and especially when it comes to people like you um mediums it's been more accepted now i know you are saying in america and i believe in some states it is more accepted isn't it and some some states understand this and because obviously there is a rise of christianity and and all these things are considered um as a black magic and etc but i do believe that people are more open to it but what i wonder is what are your thoughts why do we need to keep contact with those ones who cross over? And what are your thoughts on soul tribes and those soul groups who travel together? Because there is actually a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. We all are interconnected. It doesn't really matter if we are alive or if we are deaf. There is just mm-hmm. this kind of picture or story we are all creating. If we're creating it together. Yeah. Um, no. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to do a two-part answer, I think, to this. One, I think it helps the process of grief. So here on the physical, grief is a complicated and difficult thing, and it has ebbs and it has flows. One of the huge ways I have found to support it is staying connected and remembering that that person who you love is still with you. It's just in a different form now. They haven't left. They haven't abandoned you. It's also, I think, a healing way to find, not that the universe ever needs forgiveness, but I almost find it to help find peace within the happenings like of the world and the universe. So for example, like when I think of the child I used to nanny who passed away at the age of five from cancer, it would have been so easy for me to find like hate in all the reasons that happened and in the world and in God and the universe, like it would have been a really easy path to choose that. And if someone is in that headspace, I'm not saying that's wrong at all. I I think that's part of grief and the process of it, but connecting to the fact he's still here with me and feeling him in things that I still do and knowing he's existing beside me in this other way, it allows me to find peace and believe that this universe is kind, is benevolent, is 
here to truly support me. And with that, I'm able to find peace and keep moving forward and really live my soul's purpose. If I had believed that I couldn't connect to him anymore, and then that was the end of it, this world to me would be very cold and cruel. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a part of it. So I think it's healing to do it for those reasons for ourselves, because essentially we're here. And at least I feel when I've lost someone, I always think, okay, whatever time I still have, I want it to matter. And I want it to do great, good things with it. And I want to live for that person in this kind of way. So I find deep healing through that. And then the second reason is if we're talking on a mediumship level here, and I'm going to get into like my technicalities that people may or may not agree with, but this is what I have seen. If family members do not believe that their person exists outside of their death or their physical body, that soul, from what I've seen, goes through a process where they need to heal from the grieving family's almost trauma. And so, for example, like if someone has passed away and the family is upset at them or has hate in their heart for whatever reason about the passing or that they're about their life, when I go and find that soul to communicate and connect with them, it's not easy to hear them. It is gray and it is dark and it is typically like a they're in a painful and sad part. I don't believe they stay there. I don't believe that's the only part of them feeling that, but it's very much healing to the people who have passed away. If we continue to send them love, to connect with them in a loving way, to wish good energy to them. Like I, I can see as clear as night and day, like the difference in someone whose people like send them loving energy and love them and hope that they have passed on to heaven or whatever the belief system might be there versus someone whose family is in denial and won't accept it and is bitter and mad and angry. Like it, it affects our people who've passed on. So like the very people you want to attach to, you almost need to like love them and let them go and let them be so that they can find you and they can continue living their purpose. I hope that answered the first question. When you connect with them, can you see them or can you hear them or how does it work? Yeah, it it varies person to person. And I think it's kind of shifted over the years for me. For some people, I can see an outline of the person and get general details. So like general height, general build, maybe what they wore. People present more as like a light to me, like they're a color or a very blurry outline of a body. And it really depends how the crossing crossing over process is for them. And then ultimately I hear them. So their personalities shine out a lot, especially if someone has a sense of humor that comes through and like, I will almost hear them respond to their person in the session. So if like their niece, for example, asked me a question of like, how's he doing? Or what does he think of my new current boyfriend, for example? Like I'll hear that person they're connecting with, I guess the uncle in this scenario, like make a smart aleck comment to her. And like, when I replay it, you can tell that that's exactly what that person would have said to them. Um, And then other people, it's more like I feel with them what they're feeling. So if they say, hey, what does my grandma think about my mom? I'll feel like this deep sense of like sadness 
and like almost a heartbreak and I'm able to communicate I think there's a lot of like grief here and mourning about something and then it like will begin to narrow itself down it's a full range of stuff the being able to see them to me is less important than if I can get their messages across correctly for someone and make sure I'm really portraying how that soul wants to be heard because that that's what matters to me the most is am I being a clear channel am I being the best possible like conduit for this exchange that I pop that I am able to be like within my my power and ability um yeah just recently my psychic said something she said because I used to see them when I was little quite clearly and and then I stopped seeing them I don't know if that was something I have blocked myself and she said so much that's gonna be a day when you're gonna start seeing them two days before the Halloween my parents-in-law cat died well the cat died a while ago but anyway so I saw the dead cat which wasn't dead it was pretty much alive in their garden and I was just thinking oh my gosh no 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 and I looked again and the cat was gone but I'm telling you the cat was there and I started to like feel this sense of panic and I'm just thinking well if this superpower is coming to me he says I'm not ready he says I do not want to see it clearly <laughs> and when I do healing some people um obviously their um loved ones who crossed over they do come they do come through and I feel the same way like I used to sort of feel feel the feel their emotions and I get a little bit of um sense of humor here and there or anger resentment or something and I can see colors in something like the mm-hmm. peripheral vision but I'm definitely not ready to to see them you know yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think you share that sentiment with many people. I know so many clients who experienced things when they're younger and they're like, nope, no desire to ever do that again. And part of me is like, well, this, this is why we don't all see them though, because we don't all want to. And that is so understandable. I know some mediums say and claim, and I'm (laughs) a skeptic myself, which is ironic considering my work, but I think you, I think you need to be in this work. You need to be a little skeptical and it's healthy, but they claim when they go to the grocery store, like they just see dead people walking around. And I'm like, no, like what, what, what are you doing? If that is your experience, because the way I have always seen it, and it may be different for each person is that we have free will and we have abilities to control this. So if it is too much, we can turn it down or we can ask for it to be turned down because it's called and referred to a gift for a reason, right? It's not referred to the, as like the burden to us. So if we do believe it as a gift, like we can learn how to use and work with this. It's so funny. You said you saw a cat because I think it was the last time I was visiting my grandparents' house up North. And this is an old farmhouse, like old. And the stories I could tell, like, God, we could probably make some movies out of it. But anyways, one evening we were staying there, my, my family And we were on the upper level and like, this is an old home where the stairs creak and the walls feel like they can talk to you. And there's like old photos, like the eyes trail, quite haunted mansion in my opinion. But anyways, I was washing my face and I looked in the mirror and behind me, I saw a cat run by and I was like, the heck? And I was like, did someone let like my dog? I was like, what, what is Tucker doing? Like what happened? So I went to go like see what you know ran behind through the doorway 
And my dog was like curled up in a bed. He was nowhere near. And I was like, well, that was really weird. And then I like walked back into the bathroom and was brushing my teeth. And again, saw some giant this time, like a giant brown dog walk or really scamper on by. And I was <laughs> at that point, I'm screaming. I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is insane because I don't like my mediumship to be with the naked eye. I don't want to see things with normal sight. It's not for me. I don't have time for it. It's too much. I did that as a kid. I could still do it if I wanted to. I'm not here for it. It's too Halloween town. I wouldn't be able to function. But anyways, all these animals were running by and I was like, mother, what is this? And she's like, what did you see? like just so entertained by the thought I'm seeing like her dead pets at this point I'm like okay like this is what the cat looked like it was all black with a little white on his chest and really really fluffy and then the dog was like really scrappy looking and brown and like just a shaggy brown big dog and she's like oh like that's smoky and clover and I was like what and she like (laughs) goes downstairs and like finds this photo album and like flips it open and holds up photos of the dog and cat I've described. And she's like, look at Smokey. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> but I can imagine if that's what other people are experiencing when they, or if that's what people think mediumship is all the time, <laughs> I wouldn't want that all the time. Well, I said straight away when, when that happened, I said, no, I'm definitely not ready. I do not want this. Exactly where you said to see things um, through your naked eye. So no, that would that would completely freak me out um, going forward. So the cats are okay, you know, but then I would not wanting to be somebody drinking coffee next to me, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> randomly. What are your thoughts on Ouija boards? I done the Ouija boards um, ages ago and um, I'm talking probably about eight years now. And they are so powerful. They work and the light goes on and off. (laughs) Obviously, I'm not promoting it because it's a very, very, very dangerous thing to do because so many many people, well, not people, so many spirits are coming through and you don't know Mm -hmm. who's coming through and they all want to talk and they're just all very excited Mm -hmm. and et cetera. So what are your thoughts on that? My first thought is this memory of when I first used a Ouija board back in like middle school and the girl I was doing it with, me and my other girlfriend laugh now because there was maybe three or four of us when we did it and we each asked the question, excuse me, of what will you be when you're older? And when the Ouija board answered and me and my friend weren't touching it at the time, it was like the other two friends. (laughs) It said like a garbage man. And I was like, okay, like it was such a sassy board. And I don't know if it was my friend that time or what, but from that experience just then, not necessarily like that particular answer, I definitely felt something was like real and intense about it. I think now that I know this about spirits and how they communicate, I would say if someone was going to use one, proceed with caution. Like they're a tool that can work, but typically it's like low vibrations that come in and use those tools because it's so much easier for them. And I almost want to, I don't use a pendulum, but part of me is like, you also have to be careful with that because it's also a physical thing being moved to answer. Um, I think a pendulum is a little bit safer and easier and depending on what it's made of, like that goes into it and that helps and you can bless it. But in general with a Ouija board, I'd be like, "Ah, 
I would go hire a psychic or a medium before I would ever use one. And I wouldn't even knowing what I know about protecting myself, it would take a lot for me to use one. And I would really want a safe, protected room, fully seal the doors, like with good energy, light candles, have crystals, like really protect that space. Cause you don't know what you're calling in and people are like, Oh, I don't really buy into it and believe it. But all you need to do is experience like one time, one negative dark energy. And you'll believe that like stuff is out there and you have to protect yourself you know, from it, because if you light a lantern, for example, in the jungle in the middle of the night, everything comes to see the lantern. Like it doesn't matter. It's not just the animals you want to see. It's truly everything. And that's similar to any channel or opening like in the veil or anyone having a lot of light. I have clients who say, you know, I've raised my vibration so much. Why are certain people still coming into my life? And I'm like, sweetie, like, of course people still come into your life. Like you're this giant light, literally a lantern in the jungle. What's going to find you literally everything. So I think of that often. So true. When we did the Ouija board, I remember how um, the spirits were coming and, and going because obviously there is hello and goodbye options and the thing was moving like crazy and says, how old are you? And then somebody answers eight and then just went by. And then it was just this huge wave of, wave of energy. And then we end up uh, taking the fingers off and the thing was just moving itself. And it was just going like absolutely crazy. And we have done this, I don't know, maybe about four nights in a row. We're actually trying to connect um, with somebody who passed away and a person that came through and you could feel, I don't know if everybody else could feel it, but I could feel his personality. So, mm-hmm. cause you can like a bit like joking, you know, and mm-hmm. a bit sassy. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so it was quite interesting, but I would definitely never, ever, ever do it again. I just, it just gives me creeps obviously after, mm-hmm. after the experience. So how would you connect with the departed ones? Yeah. You as a medium. How would the session look like? What would you do? Okay. So is this me connecting for someone else? Yeah. Okay. So if I'm connecting for someone else right now, because of COVID, it's obviously all over Zoom, but essentially I do a meditation prior. I ground myself really well down. I have this habit. I always hold a crystal in my hand. It is a grounding agent for me. Like I have one right now during the interview. And then I almost go into the space in my head that's like a white void and it's just open and it's empty. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot in his meditations. Um, and I'm a big believer in like space and just having it. So I go into this space. If the client doesn't know who they want to connect with, I create very clear boundaries and criteria for energy to come to talk to me about what they're doing while this is happening. I have a full team of like my soul group, my all my guides, all my angels, all my spirit animals, like all the things completely surrounding me. And I feel extremely protected and they help me filter out what's coming in. And then I also always call all the guides of the client to be present to, and all of their people to be present. And then slowly one by one, I will feel and begin seeing and understanding messages from a guide or from a loved one. If someone wants a particular person to connect with them, I don't know how to describe, I will set the intention for that person to come forward. And sometimes that person's loved one comes 
straightforward right away. Like I don't even have to go search. They are here essentially on my doorstep in my mind, ready to talk. And they like walk on in and basically grab a cup of tea and start chatting about the client. Other times, depending on how someone passed, where everyone is at in the grief process, possibly like how the stars are lined up. I don't know the full science of the why it happens. Some people don't show up essentially like on the front door in my mind. And when that happens, I lovingly go on a nice little search to find them. I don't pull them from what they're doing. I don't um, like violate anything of their soul's journey, but I ask just to be beside them wherever they're at. And when that happens, I'm able to, again, see them and hear them and have an understanding when someone doesn't just arrive right away on a session, like show up on my front doorstep in my mind to connect with, and I go and find them. It's not typically as clear of a channel. It's much easier when someone's loved ones are ready for the experience too, are already like primed and coming into my energy field to communicate, but that's doesn't make it impossible if they haven't done that. Um, I just go on like a mental search, which to me, maybe that looks like astral projection to some people. I don't know that um, concept well enough, but essentially I, I throw my energy out into like the, into the ether, like with a clear channel holding me back here, I bring all my people and I just bring this ball of light with me and encompass me and their loved one and create almost this bubble within the ether, within the space to hear them. And then once we've released, you know, I thank them, I send them love, like Reiki, all the things. And then I come back into my body fully back through my court and channel and hold space for the client. Do you get very clear messages from them? Yeah, Can you share I, some experience? Like, do you get like sentences? Like, I don't know. I love the present you gave me before I died and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it varies each person. Each, each experience is so different. So I never want someone to think if you see a medium, you're guaranteed <laughs> one experience and it, it's going to blow your mind. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. I, had one client one time and she was, she was fun. She was a challenge. She definitely was skeptical of mediumship, which is understandable. And it was very much a test to me. And it's, it's always, it's always an interesting challenge when you know, your client is like testing you because you have now not just to perform for them in their tests, but also connect to their loved one in an authentic way that feels really good. Anyway, she asked the question, if this is my so-and-so, whoever the connection was, maybe it was like her brother. What was the last gift he gave me before he died? And I was like, oh, okay. This was so early into my mediumship too. I think I'd only been doing it a few months. And I, in my head was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is terrible. What kind of question is this? Like, I was like, everyone knows you're not allowed to like just answer, ask that kind of question. That's not even going to help you in your life. Anyways, I asked and I said to her, her brother, I was like, please, please show me what she's saying. Like, I can't handle this pressure. And he laughed at me and he clear as day showed me this like knit sweater folded up. And on top of it was like a locket and a necklace. And I was like, all right, I hope you're, hope you're showing me the truth here. And I said to her, I was like, all right, he shows me a sweater and a locket on top and it's, it's on a necklace. And she was like, holy cow, like, how did you know? 
how did you know those were the gifts? And I was like, gifts? You said gift. Like, you didn't tell me there was two things you were looking for here. Um, And that was one of my favorites because it was just, it was so undeniably on, on point for her. And then there's also been, I'm trying to think of maybe the most recent experiences. Um, The best is always when they start talking about like someone's current partner that the, um, the client didn't have in their life before that person died. And right away, like the father or the mother, whoever will come in and I'll be like, um, yeah, I'm really getting the message that they, they, they really love this, this partner you have right now. Like they are so great. Like they have great taste in like music. Uh, they're a good cook. Like this is fabulous. And like the client will be like, holy cow, like what the heck? And I'm like, yep, they know, they know, like, which is a little like omnipresent, um, funny and scary. But I, I, I think the necklace and the sweater is like always the one I think about the most because I'm like, that was such a stressful moment in my life. And it also like worked out perfectly. Can you share the one about the pizza you had on your Instagram? I love it. I love that one. That was so, and just the family. So just to tell listeners, this, this are the parents of the little boy used to look after and he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a cancer and I'll let you continue. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, I forgot this one. I'm so happy you brought it up and it, it got filmed, which was so funny. It wasn't even intentional. I was a guest on the boy so the boy who passed away his name was Mickey and I've remained in good touch with his parents Mark and Rachel and they're truly just family to me they also wrote a book about Mickey's experience with cancer and his passing and and everything about the journey which I highly recommend if anyone has a child with cancer or knows someone with cancer it's is very healing and supportive and has a lot of things in it we wish we all would have known prior to Mick getting sick. Anyways, they had me on a guest. It was almost like a like a podcast or some experience like that. But anyways, Mickey was coming through and I was doing like a live medium reading for them on the air. And that's always a little nerve wracking, but so exciting. And I love connecting with Mick. So I wasn't too worried because I was like, if, if I'm going to connect with anyone, it's, it's always Mickey. And a doorbell rang and Rachel's like, ah, the pizza's here. And I'm not in the house with them. Like I'm from at my house and we are over zoom and Mickey and like my, my ear, my head, he goes, Sarah, like their, their pizza's all wrong. And I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. Okay. And I say to Mark, I'm like, Mark, your pizza's wrong. Like Mick's saying something's wrong with it. And Mark's like, oh, okay. Like not thinking too much of it. One, cause he knows, like when I say stuff like it's, it's very legit. And the other, because he didn't understand the extent of it maybe and so then a few seconds pass in the video and from the kitchen you hear Rachel shouting the pizza's wrong like they messed up the order and she's freaking out and there was something about her toppings they weren't right and this place always gets it right and I don't know it was just so so funny and in the moment and Mick was like I told you so like I'm trying to tell these people it was wrong and I was like I hear you but I hear you and that was such a small thing but it just shows you like there is a connection to something here. Like there is a way. I didn't know the pizza was all wrong. Like how often it's never wrong at this place. How complicated could their order have really been? And yeah, make knew it was. And I was like, oh, okay. 
for those who are listening, the uh, the video is on Sarah's Instagram. So just dive into her profile and have a look. It's so funny. I just love how all of you just started to laugh at the same time. And the dad as well. And then the mom is absolutely priceless. Amazing. So how would you say we can connect to the loved ones? How would you say the listeners can get the confirmation the loved ones are here and with them if somebody's going through a very tough situation I had recently a client and she really needs her mum support mummy's not here anymore like what would you say is the Mm. best way there's a few things one thing you depending on the client's comfort level meditation to me is key and not meditation in like a traditional sense but creating the space or the void like I do like creating this white light energy that's just open in your mind to allow like a soft whisper almost to come through. When people start doing this, they often doubt that they're even hearing their, their loved one. They would say, I don't, I thought I, that kind of felt like what my mom would say, but I don't know. I think I made it up. I think that's not real. And when that happens, you need to be like, no, that's, that's your ego. Your ego is telling you this isn't real. This is fake. You're making it up. You're just hearing what you want to hear. You have to let it go. You have to just go into this open, non-controlled place where you just allow things to come forward to you. If just sitting for a moment, like still and outside and like breathing and opening up like your channel is essentially what I'm doing, but someone would just kind of open up their mind and allow like an energy of love to come from their loved one and imagine like your loved one sending you love. And then allow your brain to say, okay, what would the message behind this love be? Because often like there is an essence of some words behind it too. And you know, your loved one better than anyone else. So you do know like what they would say and wish to you. And you have to do your best not to second guess and judge that if that doesn't feel good, if meditating just brings crickets and nothing happens for you. Freeform journaling is also great. So it's essentially where you just get a sheet of paper and a pen and you would write without thinking. And at first you may start with like, I want to connect to so-and-so. I wish you were here. Like, I really want to be able to talk to you. And then you, to me, it's almost a shift in the brain. Like I let go, I go down a few lines and I just allow whatever's coming up to start run, like flowing out of my hand. And for me, like that's Mick. So when I was really early into my mediumship and wanting to connect to Mickey, I have a journal um, and I still have it here beside me where I would journal letters from Mickey to myself. And I would have to remove my ego from the equation and just start writing. And before I would know, I'd look at this letter and it would be like a support letter from him to myself. That was helpful to me. Of course, my brain wondered if that was true and it was real, but there was so much of the essence of Mick in it that I was like, wow, I I don't even know if I would say this to myself. Like it's very loving and very kind, not like how I would talk to myself typically. The other things people could do too: start doing things that person loved, like begin feeling closer to them, whether it be you going to their favorite spots, listening to their favorite music, watching their favorite shows, eating their favorite food, do things that bring you back to them, whatever that might be, because you need to feel like you do have this connection and remembrance to them to do this. And then once you do that, you can also open up to signs. Signs are great because they're different and unique to every single person. So 
what's assigned for me won't be assigned for you and vice versa. You don't even have to, let's say, um, have, for example, one of my first clients, it was a student. It was, this is where I figured out I was like, I practiced, I guess, mediumship. Um, I was doing Reiki healing on her and I was over the crown chakra and I see this like giant red and white cane, like almost like a, like a candy cane. But to me, it kind of looked like the North pole, like giant red and white. And I described it to her and she's like, oh my gosh, like that symbol specifically red and white stripes up a cane like that. That's me and my late husband's inside joke. Like that's how I know it's him. And that's for me was when I was like, holy crap, like, what do I, what am I doing? Like, is it, I can do this. Is this real? But my point is for her, her sign is candy cane, like coloring and um, shapes and symbols and all of that. So whenever she sees that she automatically thinks of her husband, you don't however have to have had an established sign. So you don't have to be like, all right, my mom loved white roses. I, I guess that's my sign with her. Like that doesn't feel authentic. You don't need to do that. Instead, you can set up a sign. If you don't have one today with your loved one, you can make a declaration to yourself, to the universe and to the loved one and be like, Hey, like let's have bumblebees be our sign. Or let's have like a certain flower be our sign. Or let's have a certain song be our sign. And if you don't have one, like you get to make it right then and there, decide it and then allow it to come to you and support you when you need it. Once you open up to seeing signs, you can't stop seeing them, but you you have to be open and aware in order to even notice that they're there for you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Where can listeners find you and get in contact with you? Yeah, my Instagram is a great place to start. It's just Sarah Sticklin. I also have a website, sarahsticklin.com. My email list is always a great place to hang out because I love sending the latest offering, free, free tools and resources that I found helpful and supportive. I'm a huge book junkie and I feel like I'm always sending out recommendations on a great book to read depending on what you're going through also just doing free programs I love doing free group healing sessions where they're Reiki based and their meditation or even past life regressions Um, just so many great resources and by joining an email list you have you know access to me at all times there Um, those are the best places to start though Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to my podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's always a joy to talk to you. Oh my gosh. I don't know how you, but I absolutely love this conversation with Sarah. It's always so nice to talk to her. She's got this grounding voice and just so much wisdom and love her so much. So please follow her. If you like what you heard, you can dive into the show notes and find out more information about her and about her offerings and etc. If you love this podcast, I would like you to support it if you could by leaving a review in iTunes store because reviews always pushes the podcast forward. And I'm sending you so much love and light and I cannot wait to see your next episode. With gratitude, Barbara May.